Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. Uh, It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful roasting hot day out there. And let's remember this weekend is not all about the barbecues. It's about... uh, Honoring our, our our fallen members of the military. Hopefully, uh, Patricia Boyd will be calling in sometime this hour from Arlington Cemetery. Uh, tell us what's going on. Uh, hopefully, while you're uh, doing whatever you're doing this weekend, you'll take a little time to remember those who paid the ultimate price and uh, gave their lives so we could be free. And we keep screwing it up, so stop that. Pay attention to what's going on. Uh, all right. We're talking about the 2018 legislative session. Governor Dayton vetoed the tax bill and the omnibus supplemental bill. I want you to, I want you to listen to this. Listen to me very closely. The omnibus bill that Governor Dayton vetoed this week was 900 pages long. 900 pages long. It weighed almost 12 pounds. And if you saw the pictures of of the people holding it up, you too, uh, you you would have been mad too. And Kurt Dell, Paul Gazelka, I don't know what the heck you were thinking about, but but it was a dumb, dumb, dumb strategy. So. Um, in our tale of two sessions, the GOP leaders say that they gave Governor Dayton everything they wanted. Dayton called the Republican uh, legislative actions appalling, vile, or disgusting. Uh, really, it was not one of Dayton's final, uh, finest performances. Roger Chamberlain, Senator, I love him. We'll have to have him come in sometime this summer. Uh, he said the governor was behaving like a, uh, toddler, emotional, impulsive, and unreasonable. It's just another part of his legacy of chaos and failure. The Mankato News, which is very reasonable, said GOP House Speaker Kurt Doubt was asked at least three times by reporters why the GOP chose the mega bill strategy and Kurt Dout never did have a good answer. The bottom line, the bottom line, Governor Dayton's vetoes are going to needlessly hurt a lot of ordinary Minnesotans. And that's what you have to remember. Uh, as far as vetoes goes, Governor Dayton's firmly in third place with the all time veto line item veto category with just about somewhere in the 90s. Uh, Tim Pawlenty's at uh, 123 vetoes. Arnie Carlson, 179. Uh, of course, Dayton vetoed, for some reason, the Ag Bill. I never did quite figure out why he vetoed the Ag Bill. And I didn't read the veto letter that went went with it. But the Ag Bill passed the Senate 49 to 13 and the House 85 to 37. So that was exactly the bipartisan compromise that Governor Dayton was calling for. Uh, there are a lot of angry people, a lot of disappointed people, taxpayers, business owners, anyone who works with Minlars, anyone who cares about spending and debt, uh, farmers, uh, people in New Brighton who were waiting for their election fix. Uh, even the DFL are, are, are disappointed with the vetoes. Uh, there are a lot of, um, a lot, the, the liabilities, they're a problem for the Democrats that are, that the Democrats are going to try to push onto Governor Dayton because some of the Democrats, whether it's elder care abuse, uh, dead children, the welfare system, Mincher, Minlars, uh, some of the scandals that have plagued the Dayton 
the Dayton administration are really problems that state government has to fix. But you're all also going to see others that are going to turn into uh, election issues, whether it's the pipeline or mining or uh, immigration. Remember, I told you Otto was calling to, for Minnesota to become a sanctuary state. We've heard other uh, candidates calling for driver's license for illegal aliens. Uh, we've heard a lot of talk about racial equity, economic justice. I don't even know what those things mean anymore. Uh, a, a call for a statewide $15 an hour, uh, single payer health care. I told you, well, I pretty much tell you every week that I stopped voting for any Democrat probably 15 or 20 years ago. Why? Because they make my life harder. They make my life harder. They make my life, they make my, they make the, they make my children's lives harder. And, and, and it just makes me so mad. Democrats are wrong on the role of government, wrong on taxes, wrong on spending, wrong on health care, wrong on education, wrong on amnesty, wrong on welfare, wrong on voter ID. Uh, I'm sick of the identity politics. I don't like that Obama called us bitter clingers. I don't like that Hillary called us deplorables. And yeah, Trump won because he called us Americans. Uh, and, and we want people to speak out. We want people to talk about these different things. We want people to talk. Uh, about really, really important issues. And if anything came out of this legislative session, I hope it's the people who elected to the Minnesota House and the Minnesota Senate throw the so-called leadership out. Get out. Goodbye. You don't belong there. At the end of the legislative session, uh, the uh, Kurt Doubt, who was exhausted and not even sure what time of day it was, Kurt Doubt um, on WCCO radio had nothing but praise for the work completed less than 10 hours earlier by the GOP-controlled legislator. Kurt Doubt said, <laughs> I would give it an A. And I'm very sincere about that. We accomplished every major thing we set out to accomplish. Paul Gazelka said, in the end, when you have two parties that share power, it is never, ever easy. All of the things that need to be done are there. Are they perfect for either side? No, Gazelka said. Uh, but they're hoping that Governor Dayton won't veto anything. In the end, it is what it is, Gazelka said. I hope Governor Dayton signs it. It's really important for every Minnesotan. Well, guess what? He didn't sign it. He didn't sign it. And now a lot of people in Minnesota are going to suffer. They're going to be harmed by this. And and um, even uh, even the Star Tribune, even the Star Tribune came out and said Dayton. They said the tax and spending bills are filled with provisions. Dayton wanted Mark Dean's or Matt Dean said if Minnesota won't conform with the federal government, it will mean chaos audits and unnecessary tax hikes for filers in 2019. That is reckless partisanship. And it is the thing Minnesotans will remember most. The state deserves better. He's a Matt Dean is a hundred percent right. Uh, John Marty was uh, ranting and raving about the single subject rule. Thank you, John Marty. Here's something that we actually agree on. John Marty said that 989 page. Remember, I, I told you 12 pounds. The bill weighed almost 12 pounds. The not. John Marty said the 989-page omnibus budget bill, if signed into law, might contain in a single bill as much as 
two-thirds of all of the legislation passed this session. John Marty said this does not meet the Constitution's requirement that all bills embrace a single subject. Yeah, we know, John Marty. And you know what? When the Democrats were in charge, you did the exact same thing. That doesn't make it right. It means we should have held the Republicans to something uh, to something better. So Mark Dayton kept his promise, and on Wednesday, he wiped out nearly all the work of the Republican, uh, Republican-led legislature. Dayton vetoed $131 million in supplemental spending. Um, this was over a thousand page. It included a lot of Dayton's biggest priorities. Um, the, Day, uh, the Republicans even took out Governor Dayton sent them over a thing of like, I don't know, 120 things that he didn't like. They took out dozens of at least half of his objections that were spending cuts and policy language and accounting shifts, um, which, by the way, happens every year. I know I hate it, too. Don't worry about it. Um, but the worst thing Governor Dayton did, the worst thing he did was vetoing the tax bill that would have aligned Minnesota's tax code with the federal changes that we saw in December. This is appalling. This is so, so, so appalling. And Kurt Dout, shame on you. Shame on you. I know Kurt Dout came out and said that he truly believed there was no bill that the governor was going to gonna sign. Kurt Dout was actually right when he said this session wasn't a failure. Our governor was a failure. Kurt Dout was exactly right. Whoever came up with the omnibus mega bill strategy should, should be thrown out of so-called leadership, thrown out of management because it is absolutely ridiculous. Governor Dayton went on to uh, pretty much slam every Everything the Republicans did. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a go. Oh, Pat Garofalo, you should follow Pat Garofalo on social media because the guy is hilarious. Um, and he tweeted out, "How's this for ironic? For three and a half years, he's been trying to cut state broadband spending. Today, Mark Dayton's." zeroed it out zero he reminds us to always look for the silver lining uh so yeah there's that you know the there there and really i wasn't i'm i'm not that upset that a lot of this stuff didn't go through uh there was a lot of stuff i wished would go through we had some victories uh we had some losses but it wasn't nearly as bad as the last year where they had a billion dollar bonding bill. They rammed real ID down our throat. They spent, uh, they increased spending by nine and a half percent. I mean, there were a lot of bad things last year. This year, if it's, uh, the one thing we needed to get done was the tax conformity. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about how Governor Dayton's veto will needlessly hurt ordinary Minnesotans and, and whether whether you're looking at the taxes that we're facing now or whether you're looking at what the taxes would have been if Dayton wouldn't have vetoed it, the bottom line is this. Minnesota is still going to be one of the highest tax states in the nation. Still. Still. But the part that really hurts, the part that really hurts is that 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 Governor Dayton didn't sign the tax conformity into law. And that hurts a lot of Minnesotans and they're not going to forget it. Uh, Lots more coming. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Get around. I get around. Yeah, get around. around, around. I get around. I get around. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're talking about the legislative session. Crazy 
Oh my gosh, it was just crazy. So truly, Governor Dayton's vetoes will needlessly hurt ordinary Minnesotans. There were so many things, and and I don't care if you're talking about Mincher or Minlars or the dead kids or the uh, elder abuse or, I mean, there are all these things that government screwed up under Dayton's watch that didn't get fixed. But I want you to think back to last December. We saw the Federal Tax Cuts and Jobs Act pass. It was the largest reform of the federal tax code since 1986. Uh, what has become known as tax conformity. We had the legislature working all last session to put together a bill that would bring the state tax code in line with the new federal one. Uh, but Republicans were stupid and stuffed it into a giant Christmas tree bill, omnibus bill, garbage bill, whatever you want to call it. Um, and Governor Dayton did what he said he was going to do. I, I don't think the Republicans actually thought he was going to veto it. What does Governor Dayton have to lose? He's not up for election anymore. He doesn't care. He can veto it. You know what? He's going to be gone by the time Minnesotans wake up and realize how much this is going to hurt so many of them. And And a lot of Minnesotans know that next year, Minnesota taxpayers are going to have to fill out a 2018 federal income, a Minnesota-only tax form that's based on the old tax code, and a Minnesota tax form. So an estimated 800,000 Minnesotans are going to end up paying $850 million in taxes. Thanks for nothing, Mark Dayton. Thanks for nothing. Um, uh, also in there, according to the nonpartisan legislative staff, the vetoed tax bill was projected to increase Minnesota's corporate franchise collections by nearly $50 million over the next two-year budget cycle. Dayton was whining, whining, whining how this was a big, huge giveaway to corporations. It drives me absolutely crazy when Democrats trot out that talking point and expect to hear it a lot. These morons do not do not understand who pays the cost of those high corporate taxes. We do. The corporations don't pay the taxes. They pass it on to the, the people who use their goods and services. If the corporations are paying more taxes, it means they won't hire as many people. They won't expand. Uh, the cost of their goods and services will be higher. The people who work for them won't get a raise. The stockholders for their company won't see higher dividends. It's, it's, we want the corporations to pay less money. Uh, MMB Commissioner Myron Franz said the budget surplus at the end of the year, 287 $7.9 million after the vetoes. So you've got the state of Minnesota sitting on over $2 billion in a rainy day fund. Now it's got a surplus. Why does it have a surplus, you say? Oh, because the government taxes the crap out of everybody. So there's pots of money laying all over. And uh, yeah, guess what? Bummer. You people who are filling out taxes, you're going to end up paying 850 million dollars in extra taxes. Mark Dayton doesn't care. His money's sitting in a trust fund in South Dakota. What does he care? He's 
at it here if he's even paying attention to it. Um, the good news is we did have some wins. We did have a few wins this year. And we talked about how Minnesota has one of the strongest medical privacy and patient consent laws in the country. We talked about how uh, Nick Zerwas's bill was going to uh, take away those protections. And that was a victory because we stopped that. Uh, we have to we have to keep our guard up because this assault on our medical privacy is not over. It will be back again next year. Uh, and thanks to Citizens Council for Health Freedom. Thanks to all of you. Thanks to every one of us who worked hard to, to put a stop to that. Uh, Peggy Scott, great job. Uh, Steve Draskowski, Matt Dean, there, I mean, long, long Jeremy Munson, Cindy Pugh, long, long, long list of, um, People who worked really hard to stop that. Governor Dayton was really pushing hard for the penny a pill tax on narcotic pain medication. Ridiculous! Why do you make people who need pain medication pick up the cost of people who use, uh, who, who, can't use medicine responsibly or who go to the black market? Why, why, why? It is a stupid, horrible idea. Um, the whole prescription monitoring program is a horrible idea. It's government-run surveillance. They uh, they use it with the electronic medical records and the uh, prescri- prescription pain medication. And it, the whole thing is crazy and ridiculous. And you talk about government getting involved in getting in between a patient and a doctor. Uh, this whole opiate program was was absolutely uh absolutely ridiculous so we had a lot of uh a lot of wins and i i give citizens council for health freedom a lot of um credit for that because i think without them out there calling out the alarm without the twyla and matt and all the people over at citizens council for health freedom and all of you guys who stood up and said whoa 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 legislators what's wrong with you no 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 you're supposed to be looking out for us uh we had a couple other uh victories um you remember how the me too movement was uh a big big thing this year um for a long time For a long time, years and years and years and years, we've heard stories of thousands of untested rape kits sitting on shelves in the sheriff department or police department. Uh, We actually had a bill that passed and was signed into law uh, that says, uh, you know what, there's a time frame here now. We have to, we have to, and by the way, that was unanimous bipartisan support. Uh, so that'll, that'll be in, that'll be interesting. Uh, there's absolutely no excuse. It's unforgivable, unforgivable. It's shameful that these untested rape kits were just sitting on the shelves in sheriff's offices and police offices. Um, the sexual harassment, the Democrats tried to make this into a, a big issue. I don't think it needs to be the issue the way they want it to be an issue. Uh, we have laws that pertain to this. Uh, let's enforce them. One of the laws, uh, it used to not be illegal to make grabbing somebody's butt illegal. Well, I guess um, that was in the 990-page bill that Dayton uh, Dayton vetoed. So I guess it's still not illegal to grab someone's butt. So if you're going to grab their butt, you better grab it before well, next legislative can, huh? session because, yeah. And, and you know, it was from a long time ago when they passed that. There was this clause in 
I don't know, the sexual harassment case um, about touching other people's butts. And they thought somebody was going to go after football players. You know how they pat each oh, other yeah. on the butt? Where'd it go? Yeah. Nice yeah. tackle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it kind of made sense, but it's, you know. That shows the insanity of legislation. Yes. We it, have to make a law and lawyers, where butt touching, and lawyers, where and butt lawyers. touching is wrong. And how did that end up? Because parent, of lawyers. Your parents should have taught you that. Yeah. Oh, it, you know, the law doesn't specifically state that I can't touch your butt. So now it's okay to touch the butt. Well, yeah, it's not okay. Well, I keep, can't wait for our pep talk in a couple of weeks. Keep your hands to yourself, <laughs> people. Keep your hands to yourself. Oh, 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 another state law. Um, again, this one was in the 990-page bill that Dayton vetoed. There was a clause in there that says police officers, damn lawyers, police officers were not specifically prohibited prohibited from having sex with people in their custody. I heard about that. <laughs> so, so apparently because it's not specifically written Another in the law. Another one we're wasting tax dollars on yeah, uh, trying exactly, to pass this bill. Exactly. Exactly. So that one got vetoed too. Oh, oh. And here's another one that was in the 990 page 12 pound omnibus bill. Um, the state's sexual conduct status is changed so it, um, teachers can't have sex with their students. So apparently there's this loophole in there, um, that prosecute prohibit the loophole prohibited prosecutors from charging high school teachers having sex with their students. If the student is older than 18 years old, I'm sorry, the student's an adult. And that's, that's another problem I have with Democrats. Either you're an adult at 18 or you're not. You can smoke at 18. You can vote at 18. You can sign a contract at 18. You can join the military at 18. You can do whatever at 18. So anyway, this proposed uh, closure to the loophole would create a 120-day no-sex period between a teacher and a for- former student. So in other words, think between... Uh, summer, the summer after graduation. Uh, yeah, both law- lawmakers from both parties wanted to change it, and yeah, it was vetoed. Uh, oh, yeah, one thing that didn't get vetoed, and this is so stupid. Republicans, what are you thinking? Really? Um, a couple weeks ago, Dayton signed a bill with bipartisan support requiring sex trafficking prevention training for all employees of hotels and motels, uh, which, A, they mostly do it on their own. Not the role of government to come in and mandate this unfunded mandate. Uh, another thing that drives up the cost of doing business in our state. Uh, and like I said, most of them do it on their on their own. We're going to take a quick break when we come back. I just want to talk about a couple more things, including the bonding bill. Um, I can't say I'm all that sad that that this got vetoed. I'm not. I am so, so, so very frustrated about the tax conformity. And I think if Republicans really wanted to do something good, they were, would have been firing off these standalone bills, made Governor Dayton veto them, made the Democrats take um, take votes on these issues so we knew where they stood, so, so we could actually uh, be informed when we voted in November. Stay tuned. Uh, we'll talk more about the, what the... What the legislator got done, what they didn't get done, what Governor Dayton vetoed, what he didn't vetoed. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm mad at the Republicans, too, for the garbage, organized garbage collection. Give me a break. Stay tuned. I'll tell you about it when we come back. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Good Saturday 
everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're talking about the 2018 legislative sessions. Uh, the legislature did pass uh, a tax cut and a tax conformity bill before the deadline that passed both the House and the Senate. Uh, Dayton vetoed it. And shame on him. He's made life so much more difficult on pretty much anyone who pa- anyone who has to pay taxes in the state of Minnesota. Uh, we're still waiting on the bonding bill. After this was passed and sent to Governor Dayton, he's got like two weeks to decide if he's going to pass it or not. They keep talking about uh, the updated bonding bill, which exceeds $1.5 billion in total spending. I thought it was very, very, very interesting because I don't know how this slipped by MPR, uh, but the the measure... Um, included $825 million in general obligation bonds, and those have lower interest rates because they are backed by the people of Minnesota. They are the ple- they pledge the full faith and credit of the state. And we actually had NPR come out and say that. So this is crazy. Um, they keep calling it a $1.5 billion bill. They keep saying because Governor Dayton had over $3 billion worth of requests, it should have been a giant one because uh, interest money is so cheap now. Well, you know what? It's not. We pay over a billion dollars a year in debt service. That's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, just because people say they need $3 billion doesn't mean we have to give them. Sorry, St. Paul. Sorry, Minneapolis. You can pay for some of your own stuff. Dave Senjum. Dave Senjum in Rochester. He's the chair of the Senate Capital Investment Committee. He said, you add it up and the whole total is about $2.6 billion. He said, I don't think we have to be ashamed at all looking at the biennium in terms of meeting our state's infrastructure needs. That money is more, in my view, than any two-year period in the history of the state of Minnesota. Ridiculous legislators. Ridiculous. Uh, so I'm kind of hoping Governor Dayton vetoes that one now. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Is that Patricia? Is that our, calling from Arlington? <gasps> Patricia, I've been thinking about you all day long. Hi, my friend. Well, hi, Sue. Thanks for having me on. I'm not at Arlington. I left there so I could call you. <laughs> and I spent many hours there earlier in the day. And... Um, Tell us, Thank Patricia. You for having me on because this is what the Monday is all about: is remembering our fallen soldiers, and um, you know, spending time at Arlington Day was just another profound experience. Um, I just can't get over the meet the people that you meet there, and and um, just just awesome here. There's approximately five hundred, six hundred thousand motorcycles plus the people that watch. I just actually um, saw Tim Chambers, the saluting Marine. He was eating at the same restaurant we were at. <laughs> and we have Johnny Holiday from Minnesota with us, and he's playing the trumpet tomorrow morning. When Lester Holt interviews him, uh, Johnny will be playing in the background awesome. um, at 23rd and Constitution Avenue before Rolling Thunder begins. And... Uh, it takes them about four, four and a half hours to ride down Constitution Avenue on their motorcycles. Wow. Yeah, I w- you should do a show from here sometime. 
Oh, love being here. I would love it so much. I can only imagine the people you meet. And I told Stan before the show started today, I couldn't wait for you to call in and that we've seen a lot of people out at Fort Snelling. They're going to have a flag on every single grave. Yes, um, the first year. That's wonderful because they do at Arlington also. Right. How at many every grave. How many graves are at Arlington? Do you know? I believe there's 400 thousand and some wow and it takes them they have so many people that help do it um that every grave has a flag every year as they should patricia uh, as they should we're we're going out again on monday and that's when uh last year we were there when president trump and vice president pence and generals kelly and mattis all came down to section 60 where we were at we have some great pictures from that, and we expect them probably to do the same thing this Monday. Oh, I'm I'm so thankful for you guys, and and I'm so thankful to see so many people care about our fallen soldiers. So many people, Patricia, think about the holiday weekend, the start of summer, the barbecue, all of that kind of stuff, and oh, we owe we owe so much to so many well, who fought for our freedom. Good to see, you know, thousands and thousands of people here on the weekend, all honoring our military and our veterans and our fallen soldiers. It's just a different world here on the weekend. Yes. On this weekend. And uh, so you'll have to try to get out here one Memorial Day weekend. You'll never forget it. I, I know. I'll never forget it. Thank you so much, Patricia. I'm keeping you all in my thoughts and prayers, and uh, I will be saying a prayer for all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh man, what a, that would be an incredible experience, an incredible experience. Oh, I'm so Maybe we can take the cycle down there next year. Let's. Let's do it. We could ride in the parade down Constitution Avenue. That would be cool. Oh, that would be so cool, Stan. I don't know if I can ride. How far is the well, ride to Well, we'll DC? have to haul it there, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think we're going to have to. Butts. Okay, I'll fly out there and I'll meet you there. And then <laughs> I'll ride down Constitution Avenue. With, how about that? <laughs> All right, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, okay, back to the legislative session. Let's try to wrap some of this stuff up. Uh, protest penalties. That was a big one that we tried to get through. Uh, that effort is dead. Um, and it was really ironic after, um, after, well, Governor Dayton vetoed it. So the effort's dead and gone. They'll, the Republicans will try to push it again later with a new governor. But what's, what was so funny is there was a, right after Governor Dayton vetoed it, there was another group of people protesting, uh, deportations and they shut down the light rail transit line at Fort Snelling. So everybody kind of, you know, Surprise! I think some 18 people were arrested. Not that anyone thinks that they'd actually prosecute them. Minlars, another one of Governor Dayton's major league screw up, hundred million dollar screw up, and they still want what another 40 million? Uh, well, uh, Governor Dayton, the legislature gave him another nine million dollars to try to fix that mess, and Governor Dayton vetoed that. Uh, elder care was another one. Uh, there were some, uh, Republicans included some provisions into the omnibus bill. The Democrats said that it didn't do everything that they said it was going to do. Uh, so again, that was part of the, part of the veto that we weren't going to see, um, that 
that we weren't going to see it. The pension was probably the one that made me the most. This passed unanimously. This passed unanimously. It took three tries, but the legislature in the 11th hour, uh, they tried to shore up the state's ballooning liabilities in the state worker retirement plans. You know who gets to pick up that tab, folks? We do. We get to pick up, they, they make these sweet deals. They make these deals and they, with, with all these promises and we're going to pay you this and your retirement's going to be that. And, oh, guess what? It's not, um, behaving the way we think it's supposed to be. It's not the return on investment that we promised, but we don't want to charge them any more money. We don't want to charge. We have to hold up all these promises. So you're talking about millions and millions and millions of dollars. Billions, actually, forty to sixty billion dollars. If you listen to to some people, uh, unfunded pension liability in the state of Minnesota. But basically, this fix will reduce the state liabilities, um, and yeah, taxpayers get to pick up the cost of it. Remember, in twenty eighteen, the the funds, the retirement funds, were still below full funding. Uh, they're the, the huge shortfalls. They disagree about the size of the deficit. Some say it's 20 billion. Some say it's as high as 60 billion. I think it's leaning toward the 60 billion. How do you know we took it in the shorts on this one? AFSME lawyer tweeted out, we did it. Our bill to save and sustain the pension benefits of public employees and retirees passed. Uh, working people matter. Uh, the pension bill did not have any significant reform for the failing pension plan, and it uses taxpayer money to bail out government employee pension funds. So, yeah, you can expect them to be back asking for lots more uh, gun restrictions. Thankfully, I count that as a win. The Democrats wanted all kinds of ridiculously stupid uh, gun restrictions. Governor Dayton made a big deal about school safety. Uh, he said it was an emergency, uh, and then he vetoed it. So after he vetoed it, he said, don't worry, the sky is not falling. So I guess his emergency school funding was not really an emergency uh, at all. What was really interesting under the school funding was Governor Dayton asked for, I forget how much money he asked for, but the Republicans gave him way more. So the Republicans proposed more than $225 million. Oh, oh, Governor Dayton wanted $138 million. Uh, the GOP came up with $225 million. So I don't know what they were thinking when, well, they were thinking election year and we got to show how much we love the kids. We have watched Democrats screw up, screw up the schools in this state for so long. Minneapolis, St. Paul, pensions, uh, 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 the achievement gap. I, I mean, you could, I've done whole shows on how bad there were, the Democrats have screwed up education. And, and now when they had a chance to do something about it, oh, well, doesn't matter governor dayton vetoed it anyway so and i guess that's a good thing i i guess that is i guess, yeah i guess that is a good thing but you can expect that issue will be an election issue and you can expect the democrats to hammer that home why would anyone trust democrats to keep our children safe in schools why 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 foolish 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 oh another good thing uh they were going to pass the hands-free driving yay didn't pass 
They they got enough reasons to pull us over, enough reasons to ticket us, enough reasons to tell us what to do. And yeah, it's awful when people die because people are distracted because they're on their phone or they're eating food or they're messing with the radio or they're doing whatever. What a false sense of security. Uh, and you know what? The opioid fees was the other big one. I'll talk just a little bit about the opioid fees. Oh, and I got to pat the Senate on the back for something. The same Paul. 2015 St. Paul Teacher of the Year wanted to be on the Education Licensing Board. Yeah, she didn't. Stay tuned. Lots more coming. Sue Jeppers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for checking in with us today. Holy cow, this show went fast. Uh, 2018 legislative session is over. Governor Dayton vetoed a whole lot. One of the things that drove me crazy was this whole uh, nonsense that we kept hearing about the opioid crisis. There is no crisis, people. There is no crisis. Uh, The legislature debated all session long if they were going to charge pharmaceutical companies, manufacturers, and distributors some kind of a fee, like a penny a pill, uh, some kind of a fee to help pay for opioid treatment and overdose prevention measures. Opioid treatment and overdose prevention measures are not the role of government. They're not the role of government. Okay, so they they Chris Senator Chris Eaton, whose daughter, by the way, died of an opioid overdose. She said she asked Governor Dayton to veto the omnibus budget, uh, be, despite the money for opioid treatment and prevention, because it lacks fees on pharma. She said taxpayers have paid enough. The Minnesota House Democrats said drug industry lobbyists won. Minnesotans lost the brutal bottom line on this year's legislative fight to better fund opioid addiction treatment and prevention while the public health crisis caused by painkillers rages across the state. This is so absolutely crazy. And talk about out of touch. Talk about easy rhetoric, not only to pick apart, but easy rhetoric that people who aren't following this opioid epidemic or crisis, I'm using air quotes, um, it wasn't caused by pharmaceutical companies. It wasn't even caused by doctors. Were there some doctors who um, overly prescribed uh, some of these pills? Yes. The bulk of doctors uh, and even pharmaceutical companies are are responsible uh, when they... People don't realize how this pain medication improves somebody's quality of life. No, I don't take opioids, black market or um, the regular market either. either. Um, The opioid so-called epidemic was not caused by pharmaceutical companies or doctors or excessive prescribing. The opioid epidemic was caused by laws that government stepped in between doctors and their patients and they restricted the access to opioids. And then the users had to go to the black market. There were overdoses. The, the, you have a quality of product that is unpredictable in potency or whatever. And it's so easy to blame it on the, on the drug companies, on the, on the doctors, on whatever. And the idea that, that Democrats, you make my life harder. You make so many people's lives harder. And the idea that, that we have to fight or that we have to fund opioid addiction treatment and prevention. Why? Why? Oh, but I want to thank the Senate. I want to thank the Senate. 
So the 2015 Teacher of the Year from the St. Paul Schools, she wanted to be, uh, she wanted, she had a spot on the new teacher licensing board, but because she insulted President Trump, she lost her spot. What a loser. Did you hear the story, Stan? What a loser. Um, this woman's name, Amy Hewitt Olantundi, uh, wrote on her January 12th Facebook post, he is not worthy, nor are his puppet masters of human dignity. He is the S-hole, and we should line up and take a dump on him. And uh, Amy uh, Hewitt Olatendee, um, she, she said a lot of other really, really horrible stuff. But I want to thank State Senator Paul Utke, who I don't know. He's from the Park Rapids area. He read the post on the Senate floor this past weekend. Okay, normally when the Senate goes to confirm somebody, if Governor Dayton says, oh, let's put this guy as a commissioner, or let's put this person here and there, normally it's just a rubber stamp. Shame on Republicans for some of the people that they rubber stamped into whatever spot Dayton wanted them in. But this time, somebody in the Senate, Paul Utke, a Republican out of Park Rapids, actually got up and read some of the posts of this woman. And or, and, and Utke said, this that's the kind of stuff that really bothered me. Um but she came back and said that Trump's comment have a painful impact on the students she work with works with, most of whom are immigrants or English learners. She said she felt the need to publicly reject the po- president's comments. She stands behind everything she has posted on Facebook. I'm not going to apologize for being passionate about something that's affecting my students. Well, guess what? Then there are consequences to what you're going to post up there. And you're a teacher, for heaven's sakes. Uh, She's a teacher at St. Paul's Leap High School, which serves refugees um, and helps other immigrants and students learning English. She's Canadian by birth. Her husband is from Nigeria, uh, and she just really, really hates Trump and didn't mind saying it. Carla Nelson, for some reason, initially voted to confirm her to the board. Carla Nelson didn't get the memo. We don't just rubber stamp everything, Carla. Uh, And they had to have a second vote, and they came back. Uh, But the... Yeah, crazy, crazy. So thanks for thanks for waking up on on that one too. Oh, also in all of this, you know how you I told you about the twelve pound thousand page bill that they had. Somehow in all of the bonding bills, the tax bills, the supplemental sp- spending bills, Duluth had a tax in it uh, that where they were going to get a tax increase to pay for their roads. But they can't just jack up their sales tax. They have to go to the legislature, get in. They took a vote. Uh, they went to the legislature, asked for permission to jack up their uh, street sales tax provision. And somehow nobody bothered to put it in the bills. So vetoed or not, Duluth has to wait another year before they get to start taxing the crap out of uh, people for their streets that they just didn't take care of it. Uh, tucked in a bill that Governor Dayton did sign, there was um, House File 3095. This was a bill that modified waste management regarding organized collections. Thanks for nothing, Republicans. Thanks for nothing, Democrats. Uh, basically, it gives a whole bunch of hoops for the city or county to run 
to jump through, but they can do whatever it is that they wanted. Uh, also, this past week, you got all these cities doing this crazy stuff, crazy stuff. Legislature, what did you do to address out-of-control city councils? Nothing! So, whether it's uh, tobacco, minimum wage, sick time, paid leave, whatever, uh, that stuff's all floating out there. This week, Minneapolis will become the ninth city to raise the tobacco buying age to 21, joining Bloomington, Edina, Falcon Heights, North Mankato, Plymouth, Shoreview, St. Cloud, and St. Louis Park. Richfield, you're up next, and shame on you for being so insulting to 18, 19, and 20-year-olds. You think they're too stupid to make up their own mind? They can join the military, they can vote, they can sign a contract they can i mean all this stuff that they can do but they're too stupid to figure out if they should be buying cigarettes or not yeah it's crazy st paul is still going uh forward with their increase in raising the minimum wage for st paul i'll tell you if you own a business in minneapolis or st paul get the hell out get out before you won't even be able to sell your business to to somebody else when you have cities that increase labor costs. It means there are fewer employees, fewer hours for your employees to work, higher costs, higher prices. Uh, the, the negative effect is just absolutely unbelievable. And one last thing, because I know we're running out of time. We talked about the Somali daycare, child care providers, and we talked about the fraud. Channel 9 did the report on it. The Somali American child care providers had a press conference last week. They criticized reports of widespread fraud in the state program that helps low-interest parents. Um, this was last Monday. A Minneapolis child care center operator said the Republicans' attacks on providers are based on isolated fraud cases and are racist. Uh, so they said... We're here to tell Minnesotans we won't stand for slander, bullying, and intimidation. And oh, by the way, they want another $50 million. So that was the jam-packed show of the day. I will not be... about six hours on that one. Yeah, I know. I will not be here next week. Uh, thank you, Colin Wilkinson, for filling in. I'll, uh, I don't know, maybe I'll call in if there's something going on. Uh, what's on your show, Stan? Uh, we have Fisheries Chief uh, Don Pereira and... Uh... Purple People Eater Doug Sutherland's going to be on as well. Did you see that sturgeon the guy caught? Oh my God! Well, I don't fish, so I count on Stan to fill me in on all that kind of stuff. Anyways, have a have a good weekend. Don't forget, it's not about the barbecue.